Hello and welcome to the Worcester Warriors podcast with myself, Jeff Barkley, Worcester Warriors reporter at the Worcester News. Well, it certainly hasn't been a quiet summer at Six Ways, that's for sure. Firstly, there was some positive news. Director Robbie Allen Solomons committed his future to the club until 2022. Finally, Warriors looked like they were going some way to achieving the stability that players and fans alike have been yearning for. But then came the Rory Duncan saga. After confirmation that the head coach was in the running for the vacancy at Southern Kings, I received a statement from Warriors saying they did not envisage Duncan being part of their long-term plan and had given him permission to speak to the South African club. Duncan appeared to be off, but then came another twist in the tale, as a report in South Africa said Duncan had pulled out of the Southern Kings race. He is understood to have one year left on his contract at Worcester, but Warriors are refusing to make any further statement, leaving uncertainty hanging over his future. To discuss the latest goings-on at Warriors, and look back at his own Six Ways career, which came to an end this summer, is Carl Kerwin. Carl, thanks for joining me on the line. How are you? Hi, mate. Yeah, very well. Thanks. Very well. Yeah, well, uh, first things first, what do you make of uh, the situation with Rory Duncan? Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a, bit of a tricky one, really. Um, first of all, it's pretty standard Worcester, always having some confusions within the club. Uh but it's a bit of a weird one that he did. I thought he did all right last year. He uh, seemed to settle in reasonably quickly. And then um, I, I think everyone within the club thought that he was going to move forward and keep climbing within the club. But then unfortunately that's, that hasn't been the case. No. Uh, were you quite surprised by all this news really over the past sort of uh, few weeks? Uh, yeah, I think I was a little bit surprised. I expected Rory to be there with, um, with the other coaches this year. Uh, but obviously there was... There was uh, people with different thoughts. So I suppose I'll just have to wait and see how it plays out and, and wait and see what goes on in that area. Did you, did you get the impression that he wanted to leave or he was, he was there to stay? Uh, I, think he was, I think maybe towards the end of last year he was, he was thinking about going home. Uh, and then I know uh, Solly is really good friends with Omar, so maybe, maybe Omar's been lined up to step in. You touched on Omar there. Is do you think he's is he someone that potentially could, you know, step into his, his shoes if, if he was to go? Um, honestly, I don't think he is. No, no. Uh, he um, he's come in as a defence coach uh, who has a lot of experience around contact areas and things like that. Uh, but I think as a head coach, you need a lot more a lot more of a rugby knowledge. You need a full wide variety of, of different different games, different styles of rugby, how to play it, how to get what you want from your players. So I think he's got a bit of growing to do in that area. Yeah, but you mentioned about that he's good mates with Solly. Yeah, I know he's really good mates with Solly. Yeah. They, they get on well. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if, if that was Solly's idea and um, so, and Solly's uh, thought process. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me. Um, just I would just be uncertain if it would be the right decision. You know, Rory's obviously, like you say, he's, he's sort of established, starting to establish himself at the club. And did you were you quite impressed with uh, with him while you were at the club? Uh, yeah, he, he was a decent bloke and he's uh, had a good a good knowledge of rugby, so it was uh, good to sit around the club. And I thought he, he adapted quite well to the Premiership rugby. I think when he first came in, uh, the lineup obviously struggled uh, with his with his kind of Super Rugby kind of style. Uh, and then it adapted pretty quickly, and we we turned that around towards the end of the season. So I think he uh, he picked up some knowledge there, and he did well to adapt to the, the style. It is. 
So did you expect him to be at the club for a while? Then you said that you, you thought he might look to sort of go up the ranks at the club. Yeah, I think when he first came in, he was he was kind of touted as that. And uh, he was maybe going to succeed Sully. Mm. Uh, and move up in the club and, and put the club on the right path and just keep the club going on one path. Which it has obviously struggled with over the last few seasons. And it seems to, it seems to struggle every year. So there seemed to be a bit of direction at one point, and then it seems to have gone the other way again. So, I mean, how unsettling do you think this is for the players? Yeah, I think it's always going to be tough for a player. Uh, you get you get used to a certain style of coaching. You get used to uh, their ideas and their, for Rory specifically, their his lineups. Uh, it's a huge part of the game. And um, you get used to that calling system, that structures, the way they want you to play. And you all kind of get on one hymn sheet. So if he's uh, not really involved there anymore, then I don't really know who, who takes over that role. I mean, I, I understand that he's still working at the club, but um, it all seems a bit bit of a strange. Like you said before, it seems a very strange situation. Yeah, it's a very strange situation, especially the, the timing that, that Worcester actually announced it. Uh, you'd actually think they'd try to keep that to themselves a little bit more. But obviously there's, there's been some other ideas within the club. And... Uh, whether it was Rory's decision to go or he was, you know, he was pushed out, then it was their decision, really. So I suppose you've got to go with it how it is. Have you spoken to sort of many of the players recently, and you, what sort of feelings are you getting amongst the players? You know, during this sort of time, I think it's kind of a bit of uncertainty. I've only spoke to a couple, if I'm honest. No. Uh, not many. Uh, I was actually at a couple of drinks on the weekend with uh, Michael Fatialofa. Yeah. Uh, and he was just a bit a bit uncertain. He wanted he wanted to go out there this year and stamp his mark down because he felt like last year he didn't show himself in a great light mm. uh, or as good as he wanted to be. And for someone for someone of his his caliber to say things like that is always positive. Uh, and then he just mentioned that it's a bit uncertain about around the forwards coach, which obviously affects him quite a lot with being a lineout caller. Uh, so I think it's a little bit of uncertainty, really. But I know someone like Michael, especially, was very, very driven for the year ahead, and uh, looking forward to it. Great, and I mean, so you joined the club in uh, 2015 from London Welsh, you know, where Dean Ryan was was Dean Ryan was still in charge yeah, at the yeah. time, and uh, you know, speaking to likes of Bryce Heem, Jack Singleton, Josh Adams, they all brought up the number of changes that have been made sort of behind the scenes. How, how difficult has that been? Um, you know, when you're at the club to work under so many different coaches. Yeah, it's crazy. Obviously, I had my uh, I had quite a stint out with injury, um, but it's it's just crazy when you get so many different philosophies coming into one club, and each director who comes in and they want to change everything. They want to get their own own systems working. They want the club to run how they want it to run. The schedules have got to change. It's always it's always the uncertainty that we were just speaking about a second ago. Um, it's never good for a player, but. The boys at Worcester are a really good group of lads, and they get on with it every year. Keep their heads down, and the last few years they've done they've done really well and had some good had some good games. Yeah, was there a particular time that stands out to you as being the most chaotic? I think for me was the time with Dean Dean Ryan leaving. Yeah, uh, Dean sold me a, a vision of the club, and to be completely honest, the first couple of months me and Dean didn't really see eye to eye. But then we got we we found a moral ground and started working with him and he was a, he was a really, really intelligent coach uh, with a huge vision for Worcester um, and that, that really drew a lot of players in and there's still a lot of players within the club that were, were sold the same dream and, and wanted that to, to keep going forward. Uh, I mean, Dean had a, ma- 
massive, massive role within the academy and growing young boys and keeping them coming in, which would which would build the club as a whole. And I think that was I think that was a huge part of when I was a huge part of Worcester when Dean was there. And uh, I think for me that was unfortunate to see when he went, and it was it just kind of it kind of started the uncertainty for me. Uh, that was the starting point, and then obviously from then it's kind of just kept going and kept going. Obviously, with Alan Solomon's coming in and. He's now signed a contract until 2022. Do you think that's given the club, well, you know, the players some sort of stability there? They at least know who's in charge. Uh, yeah, I think it has. Yeah, it shows who, who it shows who's going to be at the top for the next few years. So that's that's always good. So yeah, I think that will have, will have kind of settled a few heads, but then ruffled a few feathers as well with with the potential departure of Rory. Sure, sure. And you know, one thing that's been pretty consistent. Over this few, over the past few years has been the captaincy. Uh, um, aside from one season where Donica had the captaincy, GJ has been has been the skipper. Why do you think that's been the case? Why do you think GJ has uh, been the man? Um, I just think he uh, gets a bit of re- gets a bit of respect from the boys and and the coaching side really. So I think he he splits himself fifty fifty and and manages situations reasonably well. So I'd, I'd probably say that would be the reasons why. He can speak to both sides. He's not one of these guys who's just massively on the boys' side, or he's not massively with the coaches. So it's always a good, it's always good to get a good balance as a captain. And I think that's so he does well. Do you, do you think they'll make a change this season? You know, given I mean, Cornell Dupree sort of really made an impact when he came back from injury at number eight. Do you think that might look to maybe change the captaincy I think this it'll season? It'll be a tough decision this year because. Uh, if I'm being honest, I'm not really sure. As you've just, as you just alluded to, I'm not really sure if GJ would take the the starting shirt, uh, and obviously you, you'd normally want to pick a captain who, who you, you're going to play every week. So it'll be a tough choice. I think they probably will go with him at the start, and then uh, kind of just see how the, how the season pans out. Yeah. Do you think there are other sort of contenders in there? Who you think uh, you know could potentially um, take it? I think there's, a, there's an obvious contender for me in uh, Ryan Mills, who. Yeah. Uh, a standout performer every year, uh, puts his body around, gets a lot of respect for the boys, and he, he um, is a very, very intelligent rugby player. What was met? What were his biggest attributes? Do you think really? I mean, it's often talked about his communication skills, and he obviously said that he's, he was an intelligent rugby player. Yeah, just the way he sees the game. He, um, if you, uh, anyone that's watched Ryan, which all the, the Warriors fans will have done, he's got a lot of time on the ball, and he's uh, he's always looking to create space and, and put people away into space uh, and uh, for me it's just how he, how he interacts with the boys uh, how he gets the motivation from the boys he's not one of these captains who shout and scream uh, and he'll also just do the hard work himself which is always good for, for a leader for me I'm obviously keen to uh, reflect on your own time at the club uh, following your departure this summer uh, what do you make of your four years at, at Six Ways? Yeah, really, really enjoyed it. Um, really, really enjoyed it, and I also had the disappointment of injury. But uh, unfortunately, that's just just part of rugby in this day and age. Um, really enjoyed my time. Obviously, the uncertainties with coaches and stuff didn't really help. But enjoyed my time playing uh, the, the games I was lucky enough to play. Uh, and I feel I feel lucky to have been to have been in that position. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much it, really. When did your uh, sort of injury? woes begin really because it's been seems that it's been a quite a long tail but when when did they um uh, when did it first happen? right i think it was december 2017 hmm. uh, i think it was a newport gwent dragons game at home was when i did my first shoulder um 
and pretty much had 13 months out with that. Uh, played 42 minutes and then did the left shoulder. Uh, so then I was out again with that. And then just the start of the start of the last season, a little hamstring tear that just kept me out uh, for a few weeks, but it allowed the boys to get get moving really. So it was just just frustration, but as I say, it was uh, it, it was tough through injury, really tough, and um, affected me through my games and through my life. But I was lucky enough to be there, and I got to a point midway through last year where I felt like I was at my best. Really, I was I was good. I was fit. I was playing well. I, was, I felt physical, and uh, just unfortunately, I just didn't get the didn't get the opportunities that I wanted or, or I needed. I mean, when you had that injury at, at Dragons, I imagine you didn't expect to be out so as long as you you were really. No, I think it was uh, it was meant to be. I believe it was either. 14 or 16 week injury uh, after surgery that is and uh, it just happened that it got infected and some of the screws fell out in my shoulder and we just a whole bunch of complications uh, seemed to follow which just kept pushing me further and further back I mean it must have been really that must have been a really difficult period um, you know when you've got a situation like that which is sort of out of your hands really yeah it was stressful but at, at that point I was just picking it as rugby's rugby and uh, the, the way that I, I always like to think people might differ but I, people might have a different opinion but I always like to think I was one of the, the more physical players um, so at the end of the day something's got to give and just happened that it was, seemed to be my shoulders all too often Like I said he picks it up in that Cavaliers game um, another another shoulder injury I mean that must that must have been a real sort of crushing moment for yourself Yeah that was that was definitely one of the uh, the worst times not just my rugby career but probably my life I uh, come back after a massive rehab. I felt really good as well when I came back then. And as I say, only lasted 42 minutes. Uh, the only thing I really remember from that night was uh, it was actually Niall Annett coming to the showers when I was I was showering fully in, in full kit mm. uh, with my GPS and everything in. And, and Niall just came in and th- chucked me a towel and chucked it over me and just went, "Come on, mate!" But uh, it was it was a, not a not a very fun night. But um, as I say, it's, it's part and parcel of rugby, and it's about how you come back after that. You mentioned Niall there, you know, someone who's, um, you know, sort of, you need players like that to sort of put your arm around you, I suppose. Did you get a lot of support off, off your teammates? Yeah, you do. Yeah, you get a lot of support off a lot of the lads, and uh, Niall obviously had his own frustrations. Niall had a pretty tough year with his knee and, and other personal issues as well, so he had, a, he had a really tough time, so he knew what was going on as well. Uh, so it's nice when you can kind of relate to people and, and people are there to help you out as well. Did at any point did you feel that you know your playing career was over, or, or were you always believed that you'd, you'd come back? I think probably after the second shoulder, I did have that. I did have that um, voice in the back of my head saying that's probably probably time to give it up, or just see how you come out after the surgery and see how the rehab goes. And it just happened that when I came out of the rehab, I'd actually I'd say I got the best shape I've ever been in. I was really fit. I hit pre-season, but I was finding pre-season easy. Uh, and it just happened towards the end, the end of pre-season, and I got the, I got a small hamstring tear as well, which pushed me back again. So it was just, it was just the, the, um, the way that they all fell, just really unfortunate how the, how little injuries fell, and then obviously if you don't get your opportunities early on, then it's, uh, it's a struggle really from there. You obviously came back last season, uh, played uh, at, against Poe, um, and then you're obviously shipped out on loan to Ealing Trailfinders. So that must have been. A bit frustrating, or, or did you sort of welcome the the chance to get some game time? 
Uh, no, I think me and Solly had the discussion, and uh, there's a, there's a lot of boys playing well, especially in my position. Some had a some had a really good season, as he as he always has been at Worcester. Uh, and Solly just said that, that the opportunity will be limited, so I think we've come to an agreement that I just get a get some game time under my belt and kind of get myself back in the shop window, and then take it from there. Uh, and it just happened that it, it, I didn't really get that much of a game time. I didn't really get that much game time, not as much as I wanted anyway. And uh, and that was pretty much that, really. It, it kind of came to an end before it began. Like you mentioned, you know, we came back, um, play for Warriors, and you were playing some really good rugby at the time, but, uh, you know, contract, you know, didn't come your way. Was that a bit of a surprise? Do you feel like you'd, you'd earned um, enough? I think pretty early on, Solly had already said that there wasn't there wasn't really any budget left for for me in the back row, uh, which was fine. Uh, the, the frustrating part was just the fact that I, I felt like I was going out there, I was playing so well, yet I was still not getting any opportunities. Mm. Um, and something that was something that was, was spoke about with Solly as well. He was very impressed with how I played with the Saracens game and the Quinns game, and he said I was travelling really well. And I just came to came to selection for other games and he just wasn't including me which that was the most frustrating part for me uh, where I was so hungry for a game uh, and I was so hungry to try and fight for a new contract that I would have more than anything really to just try and stay there yeah uh, and it just I just didn't get the opportunity that I, I felt that I'd kind of deserved with the, the recent performances but in the end of the day that was that was his choice so and how sad were you to to leave the club? Because you'd obviously been there for four years, and um, you know, like you, you like you said, you, you you tried, you gave it, gave your all when you when you did get an opportunity. Yeah, really sad. I enjoyed being at Worcester. Enjoyed the fans. Uh, lovely, lovely city. Enjoyed um, enjoyed my time a lot here. Uh, so it was it was stressful and it was it was emotional when I when I left. Uh, so. I just wanted, to, just wanted to pull the shirt on again at some point, really, and uh, have a run around to the Premiership. You obviously made the move to uh, to Chinna, two uh, levels below below Warriors. Um, what, what's the reason behind that move? Um, um, I think it was just I, I still obviously want to be playing at the highest level. Uh, so if something if something came perfect to my door, then that would be that would have been the uh, the, the overall goal. Uh, but then Chinna came across. Um, with a lot of aspirations, a lot of aspirations to, to try and climb the leagues and push on. Mm. Uh, and they also offered me a, a job away from rugby, uh, which just meant the transition would be a little bit smoother, give me a little bit of a trade and a little bit more experience uh, outside of rugby, just so I wasn't I wasn't left with nothing. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it just it just became the the better option for life, really. And um, like I said, so, so Chino got a lot of ambitions, and they're since you've been with them, they look like a, um, you know, you made a good decision there, moving there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, it's just about their, their aspirations. Uh, they've signed really well. They've signed some um, quite established players. Uh, that that shows their their ambition. That they want to that they want to move forward and they want to keep growing as a club. So I think that, I think to be part of that was was something that I wanted to be involved in as well. Uh, I think it would have been different if it was a club who were pretty happy with where they are and they don't really have any aspirations and it, it wouldn't have really drew me as much because I still want to still perform, I still want to compete every week uh, because the competitor in me is still massively there. 
you obviously got you taking on some coaching duties there as well, working on the defence. Something that I'm massively interested in. Again, anyone who's ever seen me play would understand that I'm not I'm not the flamboyant one who's running down the wing. I'm normally the one uh, at the bottom of a rock or bottom of a tackle. Uh, I'm never the flamboyant one or the pretty one. <laughs> defence was defence was always something I liked and enjoyed. So to move down there and kind of get under the strength of my ball with with defence coach and just get used to that was something that I really wanted as well. Uh, keeps me involved massively in the rugby. Keeps me hugely interested and having to learn what other people are doing and how to act with other people and just gives me another another life experience really and something that I'm mass- I would be interested in moving forward as well. So, I mean, you're only uh, 28. Do you still, you still got a desire to sort of get back to the to play in the top flight? Oh, that, that would be the dream. Uh, I'd still love to play in the top flight. I still feel like the, the games that I played this year, I still feel more than capable of playing in that level. Uh, so that would obviously, yeah, that would be that would be fantastic. But for now, it's just about digging in with Chinner and, and helping Chinner move up the league. And uh, are you excited for the new season? Yeah, really excited just to get playing. As I say, I hope that I hope this year that I can just stay injury free and get a run of games under my belt, get fit, and just start to enjoy rugby again. You know, we see you know getting back to enjoying it. Do you feel that that had gone a little bit because of the frustrations of last season? As, uh, exactly that. Yeah, I think with with my injuries, that they're obviously frustrating because you're not allowed to play. You're sat on a bike in the gym, getting told to pedal faster, and uh, just getting more and more frustrated. Uh, and then the frustrations of when I finally got fit, of just not being selected, do what I want to do and perform how I want to perform. I think that's, that makes it harder and harder. And uh, you said you've got a job uh, aside, alongside the rugby. Uh, yeah. Just tell me a little bit more about that. Uh, so the company that own China Rugby Club are a company called uh, Rectory Homes. Uh, so they've just they've put me in with a, a site manager's job. Okay. It's completely new, but it's it's a good experience and uh, just learning as I go, really. So they've been they've been really good to me at that to give me uh, such a good job and and help me along in my in my life, really. Great. And is that something you've done in the past? Not that I've done in the past. No, I've uh, I've worked on a few sites before, but but nothing at this level. And it's uh, it's quite intense. It's it's pretty good day to day. I'm enjoying it and I'm learning every day. So it's it's been good so far. Is it important to Especially, you know, at this stage, coming to your late twenties, you know, going into your thirties, it's really important to be setting yourself up for sort of life after rugby. Well, yeah, you've got to think about the longevity of a career as well. With uh, with rugby, it can end at any day. Uh, as I re- as I found out, really, it could have came that close to me a couple of times. Uh, so when the opportunity arose with Chinna, as I say, with a club that aspired to be better, uh, and with a job which was a good job and good experience with a with a good company. Uh, it was it was kind of a no-brainer uh, for the for the current climate. Just just looking back to uh, to Warriors, I'm obviously heading into the new season. I think it's been quite a long a long long pre-season. I think they've still got a month or so more to, until they get back into action. How do you think um, they'll do next season? Cause it's obviously going to be more competitive with uh, London Irish coming in. Yeah, I think um, it's a tough one to call. Really, I think the, if you look at the Worcester starting. Well, look at Worcester's first 15, you know, what you would put out as a first 15. I think it's going to be very strong. Uh, you don't really see many weaknesses in the in the in in that side. Then I'm not, I would question the strength and depth that's there. Mm. Uh, if you, I think in, in comparison to other years, uh, I think
think we've been stronger as a Worcester have been stronger as a squad uh, rather than just the first 15. So it'll be interesting because I think if they can keep if they can keep people fit, I think they'll do really well. When you start losing some key players, I think there's not much there's not much behind that. In terms of recruitment, they've brought in brought in a few faces, but maybe you know considering the amount of players that that went out of the club, including yourself, do you not feel that they've maybe recruited enough? Yeah, I think I would I would agree with that. Uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna have a, if you're gonna get rid of a few people, you've got to bring some class in as well. You mentioned uh, about Michael Fatiloff. Are you expecting a a big season from him? I'm expecting a big season from him. Yeah, I spoke to him the other day, and he was uh, he was motivated to he was motivated to get out there. I'm sounded frustrated that he uh, took a bit of time to to get into the swing of the Premiership last year. But I think that's that's pretty normal for any Southern Hemisphere player coming here. And uh, by what people did see of Michael, he's he's a big, big physical boy, with a really good skill set as well. So I think he could he could be deadly this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's he's obviously had uh, he played a lot of rugby, didn't he, last year? I mean, obviously played um, you know the Super Rugby, then played in the Minor Ten Cup, and then came to Worcester. Obviously, had a bit of an injury to begin with, but it's it does take a lot out of you, I'd imagine, if you're playing that much rugby. So it yeah, imagine, he, played, yeah. he played lots of rugby last year, uh, probably too much as as he would he would say as well. But he, um, I think the big thing is the change between the Super Rugby and the Premiership. The Premiership you've, you've got much more physical, uh, territorial game where the, the Super Rugby is much more skillful and and a little bit a little bit faster, and a little bit more elusive. Uh, so I think when he he's, he's kind of settled down into that, as you kind of seen towards the end of last year. Uh, I think he's he's a bit of a bit of a beast. And do you think he would have welcomed the break, especially being a extra long like this one is? Yeah, I think he'd uh, he'd always welcome a break if I'm honest. <laughs> he's a typical South Sea Islander. Yeah, and uh, just finally, really, I, I imagine um, you know they'd be wanting to get all this Roy Duncan situation sort of resolved with the season not too far on the horizon. Yeah, they've got to get it sorted quickly, one way or another. Really, they've either got to keep him on for the season and. Let the club settle down again, or they've got to, they've got to go the other way and get somebody else in and start moving forward. Because uh, just sitting in limbo is never good for anyone. Okay, well it's been uh, it's been great talking to you, and um, you know yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks for coming on. As I say, I hope I, I hope was to do well because it was a, a club that I, I really enjoyed being at, and there's a lot of boys there that I like and had good had a good few years with. That's fantastic, and I, I hope all goes well at Chinna. Um, yeah, know, thank you, yeah. Fantastic. And um, I'm, I'm still hoping to put together another podcast soon, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, keep picking up the Worcester News and visit www.worcesternews.co.uk forward slash sport for all the latest on Warriors. Thanks for listening.